0: In lightning, inspirational. Inspirational. inspirational, powerfully, powerfully, refining. powerfully refining. refining, and unapologetically, unapologetically controversial, controversial. Conversations, conversations with the, with the royal empress. empress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the royal empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the royal empress. Now Akila, she's the analytical empress. Akima, she's the empress that will challenge you. And Lacajé Nadira, she's the empress who tells it like it is. Now straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation conversation with the royal impress
1: welcome to another episode of conversations with the Royal Empress. This is host, Laki Shea Nideer-Muhammad, and joining me are my other two co-hosts, Akilah and Dr. Hakima Jahad. So we are joined this evening by our special guest, Cassiopeia, who is the co-founder of The Black Mall. Welcome, Cassiopeia. How are you this evening?
2: I'm great, yourself. Thank you.
1: I'm great. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us as our guest this evening. We really appreciate you being here today. So it's before I get started, yes, thanks. Before I get started, I'm just going to go ahead and share with our audience, our listening audience, um, about who you are, and I'll read you know your bio. So Cassiopeia has been. Cultivated by an extensive intergenerational village that extends from the south side of Chicago through a global African consciousness, she earned her BA in marketing from the University of Illinois at Chicago. She has led and partnered several successful entrepreneurial ventures, which have sharpened her skills that range from dance, graphic design, and community development. With over 10 years of marketing experience, she co-founded TheBlackMall.com, connecting over 1,500 Black-owned businesses around the country through various social media campaigns, hands-on trainings, and consultations, apprenticeships, such as Money Mobs, and her creative visions through Soul Designs. Her extensive Efforts to build and sustain our African community have been recognized by a range of media outlets and civic organizations. She was most recently honored by is that Demos, Dimostele to Femme. Thank you for their <laughs> inaugural <laughs> 40 under 40 um, banquet. And she was also featured as a guest speaker at Mas Mariam, which is the headquarters for the NOI in Chicago, to speak on the importance of buying black. Cassiopeia is also a member of the United Black American Progress Association and the local organizing committee, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and acknowledges the high privilege and honor to serve. As mother to MJ, wow, Cassiopeia, we welcome you once again, and we thank you, thank you, thank you. So, talk to us, Cassiopeia, the Black Mall co-founder. Tell us about the Black Mall and who you are and what you represent to our community. Well,
2: thank you again for having me on Empresses. It is a pleasure. The Black Law, um, we started off as an online directory of Black owned businesses nationwide back in 2011. Um, We we do advertising and branding for those businesses so that people can know because we figured and we found out that one of the biggest reasons why people weren't spending with their own is because they just weren't aware of these businesses. Um, So we said, you know what, we got some emails and Social media that um, we have a lot of access to with thousands of subscribers. And so instead of just going ahead and, you know, just promoting clubs and parties every weekend, we wanted to go ahead and promote Black-owned businesses and make it that easy and um, accessible. Um, we then grew to start doing marketplaces as well that we call Ujama Markets um, that include those um, Black-owned businesses that didn't have brick and mortar. Um, which then evolved into those businesses and those market um vendors having their products um more accessible as well. They were like, Hey, we're so excited that we're now doing more frequent marketplaces with you all, but hey, do you have any other ideas where we can start selling our products every single day? So we started off small in our office with a shelf with some black products from these vendors and it grew to going into a temporary incubator space, and then now we have a permanent retail store that also sells over 50-plus different vendors and hundreds of items um, that are mostly um, not only black-owned, but locally owned um, out of Chicago, and then we have some great national brands as well, so we're hitting about, you know, um, four different areas of business to help promote and brand our people.
3: That sounds absolutely wonderful. Now I do have a question because you because now that you have the mall space and you have people that have products are you still using the other means for people who don't necessarily have a product but have a service? How do you incorporate that now? Yeah so
2: Absolutely. So we still do the advertising. Um, we do have our directory. We've been having some a little bit of issues with the blackmall.com. So if you, if anybody listening is a visitor and they're wondering, like, what's going on with the blackmall.com site? Um, We think because it's gotten so popular and so big that we got a major hack, like a really major hack. So um, Mm -hmm. we, you know, are in process of getting that reworked. Now, we do have our shop.theblackmall.com site. That's fully working and great. And we're still able to advertise for any of these black-owned businesses nationwide through our email blast, social media, text blast, and guerrilla
1: marketing. That is absolutely amazing. Now, for somebody who does not really understand why it's important that a person would choose to buy Black, can you explain why you feel um, our audience who may also be black but they may not get it they don't understand they just feel like why should i specifically seek out black businesses what's this all about in your words cassie well the first question i would
2: ask is why not you know um don't we all want to have resources coming back to us even as individuals i mean that question can be asked it can it's all business right? Even you. Even if you're working for somebody else, it's a business. So why should anybody hire you, right? And it's not just because you're black. It's because we're humans. We're here to interact. We're here to contribute with one another. And we are amazing and dynamic. But if you need a little bit more than that, we always talk about crime, especially we're, you know, inside of, you know, Chicagoland area, and crime has been the talk for decades. And, um, we, what we know is crime and poverty are linked. So when you solve the poverty, you automatically solve the crime. And the best, one of the best ways to do that is to recycle your dollar. The Jewish community, which we know is one of the richest communities in our nation, recycles their dollar 27 times. That means that they're going to go to their local grocery store that's owned wow. by a Jewish person. They're going to go to their local bank. They're going to go to their local lawyer, real estate agent, whatever, whatever other retail store, whatever, anything that their own people provide, they're going to speak out from within their community first. And after that, they then go outside of their community. So their dollar recycles. Twenty-seven times. So, kind of make and there's, there's, they are, they are, they recycle their dollars more than any other ethnicity in this in this nation, which would make sense why they then are one of the strongest economically, uh, strongest uh, communities in this nation as well, right? So, I think how about we model what the people who already do it well do, and something that we did prior to are people being on this land, right? Um, the Asians start, recycle their dollar 17 times. You know, if you step into any Chinatown, are you going to see any other ethnicities selling <laughs> inside of their community? No. <laughs> no. Max, absolutely not. We couldn't even tell you who the aldermen are in Chinatown. In Chicago, because it doesn't matter. Whoever (laughs) is in, whoever the alderman is, is going to, he he or she is run by that community. That's it, and that's all, Mm. period, because their money stays very, very tight inside of it. Dr. Claude Anderson even has some numbers in regards to Asians have the most businesses in America, and you're not going to find them in jail black people have the least amount of businesses in America. And we are, are what, 80-something percent of the sales. So we, in order to balance those things out, we got to start changing some of our habits and our practices. And it just makes sense. 80% of black-owned businesses hire black people, no matter what the background is. We understand we have gone through the injustices. We know that we have not had a fair shot. We are coming up from a long haul and lots and lots of lots of oppression. So, in order to get ourselves back on our own feet, we have to look to ourselves first. We're going to be the only ones that's going to solve it for ourselves. So, keeping that money inside is always going to make for a better community. And then it's it's just natural. Even in Illinois, it's a three time multiplier. No matter what, it's um it's if people shop within their communities, it's a three-time multiplier. That means that the money is recycling. That means the community is stronger. There's more employment. It's a better lifestyle. The housing is better. It just makes sense.
4: So, so I have a question, this is uh, Hakima. Um, can you t- talk a little bit about the, the Black Mall Awards? Because when I read that, I was so impressed because, you know, in our community, we, uh, you know, we don't, we don't look to our business owners as, as someone of importance. Can you really expound on that? I thought that was wonderful. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. So that's another,
4: that's another way for us to kind of
2: showcase not only why we should do it, but to celebrate those who are doing it in the best way. So the, the Black Mom Awards is um, an award show where we have 30 categories, all different categories of business, and we get four nominees per category, right? So now you're talking about 120 Black-owned businesses that are the best in their field. And we have the public, the public nominated, and then the public vote. So we got thousands of people to vote on who is the best. Per category and at the actual award show we're inviting we invite all the nominees plus a guest, plus the public performances artists it's just a really grand show the press and then at that actual event they all find out who won the black mall award the golden brick
4: wow that wow. sounds exciting <laughs> yeah yeah
2: it's really really it's so it's really exciting a really and- great process and it really just it highlights and showcases just the plethora of businesses that we, out, that we have out here that are doing a great job. And, I mean, in 30 categories, that's a lot of categories of business. You know, a lot of times we think a lot about, you know, when we think about black-owned businesses, we think about hair, beauty, we think about restaurants, and we think about clothes. But they are doing phenomenally in so many other categories, health, education, um, contract work. Uh, art, lawn, you know, care. It's just, it's just, it's just, the list just goes on and on. And it's just, it's just really, it's really beautiful. I mean, even for us, it's a really great process because even though we've been doing that, you just keep finding more and more businesses that are just doing a really great job.
1: How supportive um, would you say that you find the community has been or not been um, with your works and what you've been doing over the course of the last few years with the black mom. So in the
2: beginning, um, we decided that, you know, the reason why people, you know, there, there, there were some negative Nancy's out there, you know, and those that didn't believe. So instead of beating people over the head and trying to prove something, and being overly militant, we said we're just going to show you.
3: Hmm.
2: We're just going to show you. Okay. We're not going to, you know, um, we're not going to just, you know, try to prove it to you and see all these facts and tell you to wear, you know, a, um, a, uh, a, uh, um, a leather jacket or, Had or AK or anything like that. We just want to show you the best and the brightest. So, and that's what we did. We just kept, we just kept showing the light and the love and the smiles and the great businesses. Yeah. We just, we decided we just wanted to kind of like showcase, you know, we just, we just put it out there and then people really started to come around. Like when, When I show you, hey, this beauty shop is gorgeous. When I show you this restaurant has excellent food and great customer service and there's feedback, then, hey, now it's just like, okay, I want to go check it out. When we show you that it's it's pretty on the inside because sometimes the decor doesn't always, you know, match what our taste may be if we've been downtown or in Hyde Park or somewhere else. It's just, it's all, you know, people kind of get, they're not, they're taking aback, and They don't think that it's going to be that good. But then when we show those pictures and we highlight it and we go through a video and we talk to the business owners and folks are like, Oh my God. So once we started to showcase this, it changed people's views. People start to get excited. They start to get curious. They start going to those businesses, and it's really just in a turnaround. So from after after that first year, you we know, figured out how, what our formula was. It's been nothing but an, an, uh, a beautiful um,
1: climb to the top. That is wonderful, um, Cassiopeia, that's to hear how people have been inspired by what it is that you show, showed them. And that's, you know, I believe that, and we hear it all the time, you know, it's not about what you say out of your mouth, but it's what you do. And when our people see what it is that we do, that definitely is something that can um, inspire. It can inspire yeah. us to want to get on the bandwagon and follow with your experience because you've been doing this for some time what i would like to know who was your influencer who was that if it was a couple of people if it was one person but what actually made you decide that you know this is what i want to do not necessarily the starting of the black mob per se but just even someone that you looked up to who you already saw was actually doing this whether it was before you started the moon or after it but who was your inspiration oh man so um
2: we started this uh, me and my partner right um because of the amazing people that we already had in our life so for me personally it was my mother <laughs> um she has been a revolutionary um my entire life um carries a lot of knowledge um and was never afraid to talk about it you know back when i was little and everybody was just like oh my god you know at, this, at holiday dinners like so you yeah, please, <laughs> please stop you know and so you know i was hear this and, you know you're younger and you're like okay whatever and then when i got to college You know, you got the Black Soon Union and you got Mm. these um, poetry, you know, sets that are going on and you're hearing what the people are talking about and the different um, scholars and thinkers and revolutionaries that they're mentioning in the poets And you're like, oh, my God, my mom has been talking about this the whole time. (laughs) And so and my partner, Dre, he grew up with, he had a very militant uncle. And um, he would come and drop him books on Noble Drew Ali and Minister Farrakhan and, um, uh, you know, Marcus Garvey. And so he went on to to, to, to school and studied psychology, but took cla- got an actual class with Naeem Akbar, who oh, wow. you know, wrote the book Breaking the Chains, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, we being came kind together, of, so we got it, you know, and so we're like, whoa, we got all this knowledge, we got it, we understand it, we're supposed to be, you know, unifying and come together, why are our people getting it, why are they getting it? And the other, the other last influence was my great aunt and uncle, hmm. um, seemingly middle class black folks, but they were very intentional about where they ate.
4: And they mm. ate at
2: so many Black-owned restaurants. Wow. Mm. So with the knowledge that we had and, and our own love for food, we would, uh, we would go to these places that they went and people didn't know about them. And we were like, man, these places are really dope. And we would go and it would be in the hood. And we would go back, mm-hmm. back home tell our friends like, yo, have you ever checked out this restaurant or that? And they're like, never under. And then we were like, okay. All right, there's a really serious missing link, and it really is just information. I think more than anything else, more than the oppression, more than the poverty, um, more than even economics, we don't, we can't move on something that we don't know exists. So, we have to let the people know that it existed. And we were like, hey, people are, you know, you got Black Pages International, which was, you know, a major influence for us. But, it, it, you know, it just reached a a very, you know, the, the, the audience that grew up with Black Pages International was a mature audience now. And they loved, you know, they love a book. And so we were like, okay, there's a whole couple of generations that's not familiar. So we had to really take hold of the, 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 the electronic world and bring the same information and gather more to, to that audience too. So we can keep living and growing and growing exponentially. So,
4: How, do you, how would you say the, the racial climate in America has affected black people's desire to want to support black-owned businesses? Do you have an opinion on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It definitely has. It's like, unfortunate. And fortunate, I guess, Mm. Um, for me not to be, I can't find a better word, but, you know, the the people whose lives have been, you know, sacrificed, at least they're not in vain. You know, um, Trayvon, Mike Brown, um, all of the different, you know, youth that have lost their lives, you know, has, has touched and has pulled on heartstrings. For our people, really big, so that the people who like like ourselves, who have been working in this, it, the, the, the timing was right on, right? Because okay, we already have this platform in place. You know, these brothers and sisters' lives were sacrificed. People are actually starting to—it's starting to really get to them now. Boom, you know. And when we talk about you know crime and poverty and then we talk about oppression, it, all that stuff leads back to economics. Yeah, It all leads back to economics. We started selling tissue. We, the, well, the first thing we really started selling was the tissue because during George Zimmerman's um, trial and when he got acquitted, you know, we found out the Koch brothers were some of the financiers for his, his, his legal team.
4: Wow! Which,
2: really? Which was it really is. the reason why he even won. Wow! You know, being able to right, if you have the if you have the wrong conviction, or if you it's all you know, we know how long it is. It's all about finding the loopholes, and you got a strong enough team to find the loopholes. There it is. So this is it's mm. all this is all based off of the economic engine. So when we found mm. out that the Koch brothers were involved in that financing, we did our research on. Okay, you know. And it was put. It was putting. They were putting it out there too. The Koch brothers own X, Y, and Z. Georgia Pacific. Georgia Pacific owns Scott, mm. Charmin, Bounty, right? Mm. Tissue, yeah. paper towel, stuff that we buy consistently. Like if you don't buy anything, if you don't buy a pair of sneakers,
0: <laughs> if right you don't buy it. some
2: jewelry, <laughs> you go buy something to wipe your butt. You. It's so no true right? Mm-hmm. So people were, people were boycotting those brands. I gave it up to them. I said, but boycotting can only go so long when you're talking about necessity, mm. right?
4: Yes, yes. I
2: can't not, I'm not going to not wipe my butt. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So if you don't have an alternative, it doesn't matter. Georgia Pacific, which equals Coke brothers, are going to laugh in all of our faces. So I did some research and found out who was a black manufacturer of bathroom tissue and paper towels. And then once, you know, when I started to, like at first I was going around vending and have a tower of tissue at the table and I'm sitting right in between a jeweler, a jewelry vendor and a fashion vendor. And the people come to my table and laugh. And I'm like, oh, you don't wipe, you
4: don't, you don't go to the bathroom every day?
2: <laughs> no, you didn't say that. Oh,
4: I, <laughs> I did.
2: I, I start doing these presentations and I say, raise your hand if you use the bathroom on the daily. And if mm. there was one person that didn't raise their hand, I said, I, never, I need everybody to look at this person right now. Love <laughs> no. it. not be pretty. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> that then became a really big thing, and we were able to start moving tissue. And then I found out um, bathroom tissue is a $30 billion industry. Billion? Did
4: you said $30 billion? $30 billion. Dollars. I need to start being a toilet paper company. <laughs> you know? And one of the, 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 one of the top industries is a private label brand. You don't even know the name of it.
2: But those are the those are brands that gets your government, state, city, county, they're the ones supplying for all of the institutions that must work like clockwork and must be stuck. We're talking about money. Let's see, we we're you know, so it also started to not just only wake us up in regards to how finances really work and how they affect mm-hmm. our daily lives and how it finances even the death of our youth or the imprisonment of them, right? Mm-hmm. It's it hard to just open up our eyes in regards to just what what resources really look like, what what's really important, how this is all structured, how this all works, how what makes this country work, like it just opens up all of these different doors, like oh my God! My friends tease me and I'm like, oh God, here she comes with something else. If Cassie could <laughs> manufacture a toilet, she would. Why not? Somebody mm, else yes. mm. here <laughs> and making yes. money. What 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 household does not have a toilet in it?
3: Mm.
2: We should be making toilets.
4: Mm. <laughs> yes. we should be
2: making the YKK on our zipper, like Big Boys talked about. So I mean. Yeah, we, it just it just it just blew open our minds. Like, oh my God, we are missing out on major, major resources that our people could be producing, and we would never be hungry again. Mm. Yeah, and we would completely control our own neighborhoods. That's when we'd be able to say, no, 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 we're gonna really police our own, really, because we have the finances to do so. Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> you're not going to teach my child just anything, because guess what? We're going to build the schools. We're right. going to put all the teachers in there, because we have the resources to do so.
3: Just as you're talking, all I keep thinking about is, how does someone get their product into the black mold? Oh, it's so
2: simple. Mm-hmm. Give us a call, <laughs> set up an appointment, bring your product. And appointments can be like within a week if not sooner. Um, we'll go over the product. If it's a great fit for the store, um, then we just go through the paperwork and voila, lots of products end up being on the shelves the same day that they have the appointment.
1: Wow. So you mentioned if it's a great fit for the store. Give us an example of something that may not necessarily be a great fit for the store. Um. Right. So...
2: The awesome thing about when you start really, de- like people come to our stores a lot of times and they say, oh, this an organic store? <laughs> the great thing about when your people are making it, they're making it with you in mind, and they're not yeah. making it to just get over on you. So most <laughs> black vendors are very health conscious and environmentally mm-hmm. conscious. Mm-hmm. So we try to stay within that. Um. So, and then you know, some things are just subjective. You know, like if there is a like someone has some apparel, right, and it has a, you know, it might have a saying on it that we might not think is positive. We try to keep everything as positive as possible, as family oriented as possible. So, if it's a little too adult, or if it's a product that's not going to be really healthy for our people in the long term they might get a no. Hmm. But usually I have an alternative. Like i have some other black owned business that might be a better fit for that type of product. Hmm. Wow. Okay.
4: Wow. So even in your no, it's like, I still want to see you successful. It's not personal. It's a business decision.
2: Absolutely. We, you can't Absolutely. come here.
4: However, to help make you successful anyway, I got another avenue for you and that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Because you don't see that, you know, especially when you're dealing with the more European markets, it's very cutthroat as far as business. Yeah. And so just basically already just from dealing with you, I can just imagine the ethics in all of the companies Mm -hmm. because of the tone that you're setting right now, the tone that you're setting when you're dealing with these companies. If your your service or your product is going to be to the demise or detriment of our people, you can't do it here. I mean yeah. that sets a tone of it has to contribute to the growth and development of our community, not bring it down. Like, yeah. hey, I got some, I got a new vodka company. Can I have? Could I have my product here? You right. probably would say no, you know. But right. I know somebody say, hey, I came up with a new gun. We as black people don't need no more guns. Right.
1: right. <laughs> I can't steal my pistol. My pistol. Your <laughs> <That's your> pistol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I love really.
2: it. you <laughs> <laughs> the market huh? to sell that at, man. <laughs> <laughs> you,
4: you know you know my question was going to be what's the social responsibility of the businesses and because that's a big debate in the business world do do companies really have a social responsibility to the community in which they serve but this is just right off the right off the bat that that is is what you describe in the mindset of the companies if they're health conscious and if they're environmentally conscious they they come in the door with their social responsibility already already a part of their game plan. Right, that was going to be my next yeah. question, but you answered it already. That's good to know. Yeah. Because it's good to support businesses that, you know, care about the community in which they serve. Even though, just because we black together don't mean you care about my community. So that's good to know. You're that. right. And you, you understand <laughs> what I'm, I'm going with that? Because you got some black folks that don't think I love black. They may just be in it for the money. But uh, thanks for addressing
1: that. Yeah, absolutely. Cassiopeia, really, in all um, aspects of building the Black Mall, what would you say has been your biggest challenge?
2: Access to capital.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, you know, that is. That is, that's, that's a hard part. There's so much, you know, and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we've been connecting with the right people to learn more regarding how to get that. So we have been, you know, uh, bootstrapping that since the beginning, right? So, mm-hmm. And we've been able to make it. I mean, the, the good thing is we understand, you know, the market, we understand, you know, prices and knowing your numbers. So we know how to work. At the level that we need to work at to keep growing, um, but it would be so much better, man, if we just had you know you hear I wa- we watch Shark Tank we watch Profit we watch all these business shows mm-hmm. and like how so many these people had these businesses and it's just like oh yeah yeah like a hundred thousand dollars for my friends and family.
3: This mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> is mm-hmm. like ah it'll be like the startup, <laughs> the startup. A pop tart, a pop top. Like it's not even like a really serious business. Wow. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a little confection business, and it's like I really believe in it. I loved it. People love them, and yeah, <laughs> and it's and, it it. and then you watch them on the profit, and friends and family have donated over and over two hundred thousand dollars for them to invest it in a business with a horrible structure. And it's just like, oh, my God, you know what we could do with just $10,000? If someone just invested $10,000 in us, we could turn that around. Because we're already, you know, uh, spinning strong on the gold, right? So <laughs> just imagine what we can spin gold into if we had it. So um, that that's, that's, that's the biggest deal, you know, because... Yeah, and we don't have a business model. You know, people like to invest in restaurants. They 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 like to invest in bakeries or the things that are pretty and just. So our mm-hmm. business has, although it's a retail store that sells cupcake, you know, um, it sells some of those pretty things. The overall tone of our business is heavy, right? It's heavy mm-hmm. socially. So people motivate us and they cheer us on, like, oh my God, this is great. But it's just been a little hard, you know, finding someone to really be like, you know what? Y'all have been doing a bang job. You've been employing all these people. You recycle so much money into the community yourself. You're doing this all yourself. I'm going to throw you this 20000 You know, mm-hmm. that is, you know, that's, that's the place that we're at because then we'll be able to do.
1: So much more.
2: So much more.
1: On that same note, you know, I'm a, a firm believer of manifestation and in being intentional. If you were able to give a number, because we don't know who's listening to this podcast. Um, and, you know, when you go on to like a Amazon.com or whatever, you know, you'll see the wish list on a lot of different websites. What yeah. would be your? dollar amount i won't say wish list but i would say what would be an amount intentionally that you would like to manifest and i ask that for a reason because i just really believe in being able to visualize and see those numbers and to attract them and so there could be somebody out here listening who knows and so what would that yeah. be for you cassiopeia in the black mall what's that number Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: you know, that's, that's that's just powerful for me to hear. Um, um, And to be really honest, right? Because it's always scary for us to, like, say this. So I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. $100. Say it. A hundred thousand. Okay, yep. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, we, I just we've done, done our numbers already. We already know what it would be used for. And, yeah. you know, like, that's, that's pretty much that. Sets us up that puts us in the game with the rest of these businesses. Wonderful. None of these businesses, like the really really huge corporations, started without major capital in the beginning. Yeah, you know, like major. I'm watching all of these companies, and I'm like, oh my god, this is why they're able. You know, we black businesses, you know, get a bad rep, right? But when I watch these shows and you watch the Profit and the Shark take, and you watch how they tear those people down, but yet those people are still in business and they're already doing a couple of millions off of a poor business model, horrible management and bad customer service. <laughs> and, yeah. we, and, but, and they got $100,000 already in the bank. It's almost, you know, it's, you, you, we, we, should get, we should have a little bit more you know, um, leeway for our business cause most of our businesses are literally starting with a gift and a prayer. Yes. Like yes. literally. Yes. You know, it's yes. hand to mouth constantly. and somehow they're keeping those lights on. And I want us to start being in that position where we're not having to do that anymore. We should all have a jump start. You know, it's like, it's almost like a, When we have our, it's almost like a baby being born without a mother and a father. I mean, they're just out there. Mm. That's how we start our businesses. We birth them and there's absolutely no parents. None. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, just to think every business owner should have a mentor Mm -hmm. and at least three advisors. Agreed. Agreed. And we're, we're out here by ourselves trying to figure it
3: out have you ever done any type of crowdfunding or what is your view on that
2: yeah 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 so um we did a little i did a small one because one of our computers died at one point so um and that was for 3000 and it was a g um my partner is not the biggest fan of them Mm -hmm. um and he has not just for pride's sake um He's really big on numbers and research and all of that, and he just wants to make sure that everything is tight and we're able to showcase every little he wants. You know, for us to be able to show, okay, this is going to go towards this, 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 and that. So we actually did put that together, and we're also we're going to do a crowd fundraiser um, at our. It's going to kick off at our um, grand opening for the store
1: and our anniversary,
2: and um, but we have done some investment meetings and presentations so we've done our pitch you know i've i've done a pitch competition that i got second place in i got beat by a seven-year-old they brought the little <laughs> seven-year-old up on the stage and it was over
4: oh, everybody's wow. eyes
2: went like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't fair it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't. It started off cut it an adult and then right at the end
1: and
2: I was second to
4: last, and she was Oh well. She, oh uh, well. Yeah, I was like, no,
2: that's you know, not I fair. Up. She had the seven-year-old come up there and read. I was like, oh. oh goodness. Goodness. <laughs> that's crazy, right? So it was great, though. Um, so we had some, like, the, the investments, like in the pitch deck, and now we're going to actually, you know, kick off our, you know, a, a, uh, we're going to do a Kickstarter. We're going to do it on there. And we're going to do it on something called BB Nomic. So it's a, um, it's a sister that owns her own crowdfunding site. Mm-hmm.
1: Really?
2: So we're going to have it on both sides. Yeah.
1: Now, that's, that's really interesting that you um, um, talked about that. Um, and thanks for asking that question, um, Akilah, because actually that's what I was thinking about. Had you thought about crowdfunding?
4: Um, Me too. I was thinking about quite
1: a few of them. I just so happen in my, right now, in one of my businesses, I'm working with a company out of um, Colorado um, by the block. Are you familiar with them? Um, Yeah. yeah. Okay. So currently, I'm actually working with her. And, you know, initially, um, like many people, I was like, "Mm, I don't know, you know, I'm not really sure. But it was really more so my ignorance to it. And I think Mm -hmm. once I really kind of got a grip and understood, you know, what it was all about, uh, then I kind of changed, you know, my perspective on it because, you know, mm-hmm. for those who invest, um, it is for them an opportunity for them to, you know, of course, see the return on their dollar and to profit from it just like one who might invest in real estate or may, who, who may invest in the stock uh, market. So just, you know, pulling peers together who want to see you do and want to see you grow. Um, yeah. And there are many ways. And so it's good to just know that you are doing what it is that you're doing. And, you know, um, looking into creative creative ways to um, bring the finances that you need.
4: Okay, thank you. You mentioned the several businesses that they're working with are there any businesses that are that you would like to see a part of the black mall that are not currently a part of it um that um like that are in the store or just on the directory well, just in in general, uh, whether it's in a store or in a directory, I'm sure there are some businesses out there who may I don't know they may be able to connect, with you. they may have something that you're looking for, and this may, and you may definitely be that alpha that uh, uh, that outlet that they need to get their product out there. I and mean, sometimes yeah, I... you get in certain areas, and there are they might be five companies, and they all got toilet paper, and you're like, okay, that's great. Well, who got the toothpaste? You know what I mean? Like, right, can we right, come with right. some? Complete. So that was just my question. Are there any businesses that you would like to see a product sold by a black business that you would like to see more of?
2: Oh, there? other industries got you.
4: So, yeah, absolutely. Let's see. So,
2: we have tissue, we have paper towels. Um, we are in process of getting some other household stuff together. I can't talk about it at this moment.
4: Okay. But there
2: are some other household products that we are um, working on developing ourselves. Um, let's see. We got pads. We do have toothpaste. We do have mouthwash. We have deodorant. We have skin care. Um, really, um, I'm trying to think. So I thought to think about, some of those other really, really, really super, super necessities that like nobody thinks about. Um,
4: okay.
2: Or you not? You might not think about as far as a a, a commodity, but um, alcohol. Uh. Mm. uh um. Uh, what's what's the other one in the brown which bottle? Peroxide.
4: Oh, peroxide. peroxide.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
4: okay. Shoe
2: Band-aids. Mm, Right, and these are things that we keep in our. We gotta keep them in our household. You gotta keep it, and you have to have them in businesses. You gotta have a first aid kit. We should be developing a first aid kit. Mm. I mean, peroxide is a couple of chemicals thrown together. It doesn't cost a thing. There Mm. are some regulations on it, so we have to make sure that we are within those regulations. But men... I want to be able to have that product. I want to actually private label that. So, you know, although Walgreens might sell the, you know, actual name brand in the store, they always have a generic brand uh, Mm -hmm. or their own private label brand of peroxide and alcohol and Q-tips and Band-Aids, even, you know, sanitary napkins. We want to be able to have all those. Like we pretty much want you to be able to come to the Black Mall the same way you go to Target or Walmart.
3: right
4: right yes and it isn't um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things
2: we don't think Mm -hmm. of until we need it (laughs) right exactly exactly
1: and and I think because we've been so I mean well let's face it there has been a very long time that we've been operating in this way where Mm -hmm. literally we've been um in a condition where we've been forced to have to depend on someone else to do what we can or, and are capable of doing for ourselves. And so, you know, for you to make the statement, which to me just makes absolute sense, but why wouldn't we want to produce everything that we need? Right. I mean, what yeah. reason would we not, but we've been so conditioned to believe, or we've been so conditioned because this has been our way of life that we're just used to going somewhere else, out of our community, to buy every, literally everything that we need. You know, right. even when I see us go to, you know, there are certain places I just will not eat. I mean, I, it's just certain things I just, I just won't eat. Like I can't drive and, um, and go to, uh, you know, some of these like Chinese foods. Just, just for example. Oh yes,
4: no. I mean, I some of these
1: places where they have glass you know, so thick or plastic, bulletproof. Um, <laughs> oh, and then I got yeah. to reach through some kind of thing. It doesn't even cross my mind, but we are so open. And I'm saying we generally speaking to allowing somebody, someone else to feed us, to clothe us, to wipe our behinds, to, you know, everything that we need, that the thought of someone like the black mall saying, oh, I want to be able to produce everything that you need. Like if you were to go to Walmart, I'm sure some people are like, what? But that's just how many years that, you know, this, um, I don't even know what to call it, has been on us, this this spell. So I'm glad that you're vocalizing it in this way. And it needs to be said more and more until we um, think not just differently, but this just becomes a way of life. It's a way of life. Like you don't even think, just like you don't think to scratch your hair, you just scratch it. You don't think like, well, where am I going to go? You just go to the place that you should be going to get the things that you need. Why? Because why not? You know? So I guess all I'm saying is that it would, I look forward to the day because that day is coming. I know that it is coming when we won't need to have to scream it to the mountaintop. It will be so natural for us to want to desire to shop with our people and to get the basic things and all the other things that we actually need, you know, for just everyday and simple living. Absolutely, absolutely. I have another business
3: question. The brick and mortar model. With, with so much that we see with people ordering things online, and obviously, you having the, the black mall online before and so many brick and mortar establishments closing down. How do you feel this is going to be different? Target and Walmart's not closed. I'm talking about some of the community, the community stores and all of that. And the, just, just from a marketing perspective, also have an Amazon. And you have Walmart and Target who are also selling things online now because they're competing with an Amazon who doesn't necessarily have to have a brick and mortar. So I'm just saying model wise, how do how do we appeal to our people to make them see that this is this is what we should be doing?
2: So um, I think a. So I think a lot of um unique businesses fall down, niche businesses um, you know, end up, you know, uh, closing down. Um mm-hmm.
4: uh
2: when you are a mom and pop and you're selling exactly what the big box stores are selling, mm-hmm. then I do think, yeah, it makes it easier for you to call, you know, to fall down. You know, to close down. One the great thing about us is that a I'll, our customers don't feel like all of them don't feel like waiting? <laughs> okay. So you know, I get it. You know, Amazon, you know, now can uh, get it to you like next day and even even same day for some for some aspects. But um, a lot of our customers mm-hmm. they either can't even afford they can't afford that. If they need to get their tissues when well, they need to get it. And they can't wait for it. You know, sometimes, you know, with the way our people are living, you know, there's not the luxury of already having an overstock of, you know, different products so that you can sit and wait on something to come. Um, So they definitely need it right now. Plus, we have such, it's such a great experience right now, coming and touching and Mm feeling these different products that are, locally made, made by your own. It's just, it's something just spiritual, you know, yeah. about it. And people just really love it. So, I mean, we get inquiries about, you know, uh, I mean, of course we ship online too. So that, that okay. does exist. So if ever, you know, if we, we get to the point where now everybody's used to our products, da, 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 it's overloaded. They know how to buy it. They'll go online. Cool. It's there too, you know? And if we have a close, that's okay because we already have the e-commerce set, set up. But I really don't think when it comes to necessities um, that, that, you, that everybody's going to always be so perfectly timed um, mm-hmm. that they won't need something right then and there. I mean, there's still business after business after business. We're in a big, huge city, and there's still major commercial dis- districts all throughout this huge
3: city of Chicago I was also thinking in in terms of the uniqueness of what you're actually doing that makes it stand out because obviously a lot of things that you're selling are people are making themselves you can't necessarily get that at a right at a big box store because they they don't have the personal touch that I think that you're offering to our people so being able to actually possibly run into the person that actually made something.
2: Yeah. We had a couple of our vendors in there today, restocking, talking to customers, you know, and exchanging, networking, socializing. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Cassiopia for our listeners who are out there, who um, may have an idea, let's say they may not necessarily have a product or a service right now. But maybe they're a millennial, maybe they're um, of another generation and they're thinking like, huh, this is something that I might want to start or this is something that I may want to do to contribute to my community. What are some words of wisdom that you can give to them um, to maybe continue to get that fire burning in them um, and letting them know that this is something that maybe the black Mall may one day need? Absolutely. do your research.
2: Um, so make sure you're researching your product, vetting it, you're sampling it, you're creating it, and you're letting people give you feedback. We, 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 it is such a necessity for us to engage and give feedback, right? You're not selling it just to yourself. So make sure this is something that is a need or a desire of whoever your potential customer base is. Know, start right now figuring out who does, what customer best is going to purchase this item and who would buy it consistently. Um, This way, now you understand what your market is and how you should tailor it. Um, Know your number. So even inside of the test phase, take those receipts. So if you bought this many ingredients and this many packages. How much did that cost in total? And how many units can you get out of this? Start knowing your numbers, and then research the market on um, price comparison and see if how your how do your costs compare to what their market value is, so that you actually have a good Margin. You have at least a fifty percent margin when you set your price, so that you can actually make money, and it's not a hobby that you're wasting time on, that you will end up being depressed because you're still hungry. So, and and it and and don't be afraid. More than anything, don't be afraid to work in um, cooperative economics. Meaning, if you know somebody else that's doing something similar, work with them. Buy your ingredients together. Buying in bulk decreases your cost, and it makes sure that you actually can really now make some money, or you can pass along savings to your potential customer. And you can't service the entire city or town that you live in. So even if you partner with someone, you're not really in competition with them. Right? There's enough out here for everybody. It only just makes you all stronger and more productive and actually have a better business model. Those are some tips just kind of off my head that I think that we really missed. Oh, and have a mentor, someone that is either in that industry or that field that already doing it well and is willing to talk to you and guide you and to give you advice during the good times and the bad So that you already have a blueprint that you can improve upon instead of trying to start from a blank slate that you have no idea if it's going to work or not.
1: Wow. Go get it. (laughs) You said go get it?
2: Go get it do
1: it. Do yes. It. Do it. Do it. Yes. Go get it. Um, Cassie, but that's wonderful. I think those were some very great tips um, to share. Um, those are all things that, you know, we need to know because sometimes we may not have a clue. We may not have an idea. So I think that was actually wonderful um, that you shared those words of wisdom. Now you have something that's taking place that I'm super excited about. November 1st through the 3rd. Can you tell us what that is?
2: Yes, absolutely. So, the Black Mall on November 1st is gonna be turning seven years old. Whoa.
3: <laughs> yes. Wonderful. And,
2: Congrats. Um, thank you. And although we've been open, our store has been open since July, we haven't had an actual brand opening event. So we're combining our anniversary with our grand opening event. It's taking place over three days. So there's gonna be promotions and giveaways and raffles and food and music and entertainment and features and promotions, all kinds of great stuff. So come on down and network with us and build with us and shop and meet some great people and just have a magnificent time.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So November the 1st through the 3rd, where are we going to this wonderful grand opening? Give us the address, Cassiopeia.
2: Yes, come to the Black Mall um, shop, a.k.a. Coco's, at 533, that's 533 East 79th Street in Chicago, 60619.
1: Okay. will
2: be open 10 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: And so, ten is now. Are those your um, normal operating hours?
2: They sure are. Monday through Saturday, ten to seven.
1: Wonderful. And give us a phone number how you can be reached if, in fact, somebody wants to call to say, "Hey, hey, hey, I got a product," or listen. Um, do you all have any more of those good old cupcakes? How can we reach right?
2: you? <laughs> you can reach us at <laughs> seven
1: seven seven
2: three. 357-6154.
1: That is awesome. This has been a wonderful, needed conversation mm, for yes. our community. So, we thank you for giving us the pleasure um, of getting an opportunity to talk to you and share with our listening audience the Black Mall and what you do and what you bring to the community. I like to just as we close out, ask you, are, do you have any final words? Is it something that you want to share um, as we come to a close?
2: Uh, just everybody keep loving on yourself. Once you give light to yourself, you'll be able to light in others. Um, keep building, build your Black-owned businesses. Make sure you teach your children about your, our heritage and their history. Yeah. and do some work. Don't wait for they or them or anybody else to make your own neighborhood or your own situation better. You got to get on up. You got to put some sweat equity in. Put your hands in with some of the rest of your community members. And let's do this. self-determination.
1: Fantastic. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Cassiopeia, for joining us here on Conversations with the Royal Empress. We thank the listening audience for taking time to listen and we will see you the next time.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.